are so rusty. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a doozy. It's been a minute since we've all been together. Yeah, has. Joining us, joining us, as per usual, is Daniel Asher. Hey, hey. Scott Irwin. Hey. The lovely Kristen Jacobson. What's up? And the one, the only, Dan Jacobson. Hey, oh, Dan, you're going to be the one and only this time. Look at that. We we are already mixing things up today. That's, I love it. Thank you. I feel so honored. I, it, you know, it's been, a, it's been a weird day, and now I feel like my day's brighter. So thank you. That's what we're here for. You guys, it's been um, almost a month since we put out a, um, an episode. Golly. It's, it's okay. I've Has it only been a, a month? Has I, it only seriously, been? Seriously, it yeah. Feels like it's been forever. forever. Yep. Yes. Well, a the lot year has that happened. never ends. <laughs> a lot has happened. Um, the last conversation I think we put out there might have been. Um, ah, I should have gone back in the archives and looked, but I think like it was af- with Brian Snedeker after, um, you know, the the, the protests uh, in Hobart. Yeah. yeah. And uh, after that came continued cancellations of um, sporting events, and there's like. Football teams have new have new names now, and uh, <laughs> coronavirus. Do you guys remember coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Rona yes. is raging across the country. Um, thankfully, Indiana has been like this little slice of stability in the middle of like a very red map. Um, but uh, all of this got me thinking about like getting back in the getting back on the saddle, so to speak. And um, it made me remember, Kristen, you'll like this. It made me remember uh, that song from Hamilton. Uh, wait Thomas for it. Jefferson. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> oh, you're telling me to wait for it? Wait for it, wait for it. For it. Mm. <laughs> okay, so when Thomas Jefferson, it starts out the second act, and he, uh, he gets back from France, and he sings that song, So What Did I Miss? I love that song. It's like this jazzy, like funny song and it, it's he's talking about being gone for the revolution and coming back to america being like so guys what's up i gotta say one of my favorite favorite songs in hamilton right there is, uh, is thomas jefferson tj coming back so so i haven't watched it yet boo are are there gonna be spoilers or are there spoilers i took history classes right so like i it's mean just, it's just history this this ain't your mama's history class you know what i'm saying <laughs> no well, whose history class is it I don't know. Lynn Manuel Miranda's. Oh. Um, <laughs> a, I'm kind of shocked that you haven't seen it though. Daniel, you've seen it? No. No. Okay. I'm I'm guys. super guilty. Very, Come very on. guilty. Yeah, I haven't we seen were it. Gonna... What this means is a watch party is in our future. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that, like that'll it. be the like third and fourth time that we have watched it on Disney Plus. We'll do it. We'll do it for a drive-in movie on Wednesday. <laughs> that oh, would be great. It Is may it not totally friendly? be family friendly. There oh. may be a couple moments of language we'd have to. Let's uh, just say every adult theme is represented in Hamilton. So mm. did you guys see it live at all when it was out? Yes. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Actually, mm. that was one of our um, one of the fun things we did for our anniversary was uh, go down and see Hamilton. And I love uh, Broadway shows. I, until I met Kristen, I didn't really love them. And then we've gone to see a couple of them, and super fun. Hamilton was uh, outrageously good. I just think it's so creative. It's so intricate. Like, I love seeing 
the writing process develop and all of these threads get pulled together at the end and it's just brilliant brilliant it's it's um frustrating that it all came out of the mind of one person that's how i think about it yeah Kristen, what do you think really? about it wow Kristen's um, a little bit of a she's got a book at our house right now it's like 600 pages long all about the intricacies of Hamilton. do you see what dan just did there Kristen? what do you think about it and then he just <laughs> continued to talk <laughs> hey i just had to i had to let our about listeners what know i think how about into it. it how into i it i am i'm fully uh, um willing to acknowledge that I can geek out uh, about Hamilton. I am I am thoroughly impressed by it and I've seen it live twice now on Disney Plus several times and uh-huh. I listen to the soundtrack daily pretty much. And Dan <laughs> didn't believe me when I told him that I could legitimately rap every word to the songs and I think I got four songs in before he was <laughs> like okay, okay, yeah. fine, I believe you. <laughs> Yeah. 40 minutes so, later. So I love it. It's a phenomenal show. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's a it's it is a feat of genius. And that is ultimately what you step back and you you say how someone can create this out of nothing. And you know, the historical accuracy may be a bit wanting, <laughs> but it is um it is just an incredible show. So I highly recommend yeah. it. People amaze so- me. People never oh cease to amaze me at how absolutely incredible that what's what creative stuff can kind of out of minds. It always blows my mind because I don't know. It just doesn't. Does it blow you forte. away? It blows me. Yes. Away. It, uh, is that you a song? Know? I don't. Is that a reference? I don't. Yes. Know. That is. That is. <laughs> a, yes. A okay. Okay. Right then yes. See, all these yes, Hamilton references that just fly right over your head. Well, oh man. If I'm sure our, our listening audience by this point has um, fully checked out. Fully checked out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the yes. point the point is it's been a minute we're back. since we yes <laughs> we are back and so we we actually are back but we're back in a different way and today's a little bit of like a, a high point for us. Um, I don't know if you guys can give me a drum roll please because we got some exciting news. Um, can come through. Recently, we hit ten thousand downloads as a podcast. Oh! Hey! That's a Which big number. It's crazy. Now, I've had my kids, every time they want to use like a, a, a iPad or a Kindle, they have to listen to an episode first. So a lot of that is <laughs> our kids. But uh, no, that's a huge number. A huge thank you to everybody who's been tuned into the podcast, who's stopped me uh, at church to say, hey, when are you putting out another uh, another episode? Thanks for the new every mornings, all those things. We're glad to just be um, able to connect with you and to have conversations that we all love listening to and are challenged by and encouraged by. But uh, a little bit of business. I think um, when we started the podcast, it was like um, we were on the cusp of a, a, a pandemic we knew nothing about. And I don't know if we know anything about it still today, but um, we were all trying to figure out, like, how do we do church and stay connected? And we looked at each other in the middle of a meeting. And we're like, we could do a podcast. Like, we've got all the stuff. It's free like we could do this and so we launched an episode an episode became i don't know 60 different things that we've done and 10,000 different uh downloads and so we're really grateful for that but the name can we talk about our name for a second cuz the name that we launched this with is was sort of like a sarcastic uh punch at the world that we thought was just going to extend through uh, April and so we called yeah. it Church is now online podcast and um <laughs> It was clever and cute until literally every church was online. <laughs> and it wasn't like now. It's like forever, forever online. 
Um, well, there was this, there was this minute where we're like, we were like, uh oh, no, oh, oh, no, the church actually is only online. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We oh. were all like, oh goodness, this is gonna be a little longer than we thought. And my hope with the podcast was just to give a little bit of like temporary relief to our people to stay connected, keep people sane, hear conversations, keep us connected as a team. You know, we represent um, one of one of you know half of the staff at one of the five campuses at Bethel Church. And so for us just to have something to do together, to, to be able to stay connected and to keep following Jesus together. And, uh, and so the name was fine. And we've, we've done a lot of conversations out of our community here in Hobart, Indiana, Portage, Indiana, Valparaiso, Indiana. Um, but things are different. And we, with this reboot, you know, we hit 10,000 downloads and we want to really take this thing seriously, I guess. So uh, our audio engineer here, Daniel's got us all hooked up on mics and proper things. And it just seems fitting that we would clarify, what are we doing with the podcast? Like, why are you as a listener even listening to us? And what are we hoping to to do here in the coming days and weeks? And um, I've got a new name for us. You guys ready to unveil a new name, a new direction? Um, we want to, we're going to lose the moniker, Church is Now Online. And instead, we're going to go with something a little bit, um, a little bit cleaner and clearer. Uh, ready for this? We're going to call ourselves... I feel like there should be fireworks and explosions after <laughs> I say this, uh, but we're gonna call it, uh, this podcast "Following Faith," and here's why: it's because uh, back before coronavirus, we all would go to church to grow spiritually in our faith, and uh, and we would go online to connect with people on Facebook and to have social uh, connections. Ever since coronavirus, it seems to me that people are going to church now to have social gatherings, and they're going online to grow spiritually. Do you guys feel that is something that's happening? Mm. I know a lot of people are yeah. excited about Sunday morning live streams. A lot of people are listening to more podcasts. Um, and then it seems like whenever people come into our church, they're just excited to hang out. Like We cannot get people to leave our property <laughs> after service is over because they just want to connect. And as a result of that sort of paradigm shift, you know, we want to use our online engagement and our online presence, especially through this podcast, to help people follow Christ and grow in their faith. Yeah. And so the way that we've been doing that is by following stories of faith in the country, um, talking about issues that uh, pertain to the faith of Christians, how uh, we perceive things like racial injustice and um, being good neighbors how we perceive a pandemic, all these things. We've been following faith stories already. We've been following the stories of people living out their faith. I think about um, this, the story of Eddie Maria Rodriguez that we did in one of our episodes and the, the, the fries in Peru. And even our mayor, Brian Snedeker, has been on the podcast now twice, uh, just talking about how he's um, trying to follow Christ. It reminds me of what Paul said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and, uh, and that's what we want to do. We want to help people... Think about issues today uh, as they pertain to faith in their life. And so um, I think that's what we're going to be trying to do in the, the coming months, coming weeks. What do you guys think about that? I'm excited I think following for faith. I, I don't oh, know. Um, I don't know how you guys have felt over the past couple months, but it's been difficult, obviously, to connect with people. And we are all shepherds here. And our job is to, like, that. that's what that's what our job is. We're here to shepherd people in, in the faith. And um, hopefully, eventually, present that you might be presented mature before Christ. And um, I think that this is one really cool tool that we have at our disposal to do that. 
since we can't see everybody on a Sunday morning and since, you know, me and myself, I can't see um, students as much as, as I could before, this is an opportunity for us to, to do our jobs as, as shepherds and, and as pastors. Have you, I don't know, Christian, have you felt that a little bit, just a, like a difficulty of connecting? Like, I feel like I'm failing at my job. Right. And there's so <laughs> much that we, I think, took for granted before, you know, just the natural like rubbing of shoulders, like seeing each other on a regular basis and so much discipleship that sort of happens naturally that now that's been stripped away from us. And so we have to be intentional and you're right. Like we developing this was kind of, um, you know, a no brainer when you have the pushing it in this direction where we're super intentional with discipleship for our community is a great thing. Yeah. I really, I like the name because I think it conveys an adaptability. Um, it conveys that, you know, following faith, uh, it looks different in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, just from my perspective in worship, we have had to follow our faith in some pretty creative ways. Yeah. And people have had to follow yeah. their faith and their religious practices in some really creative ways. Um, and the interesting thing, and I think the, the power of um, what God's allowing us to do through this podcast is to continue in, in what following is going to look like over the next six months. Because if we think, you know, the, the weirdness um, and, uh, the, um, you know, our, our need to adapt has stopped. Um, it hasn't, we yeah. don't know what the next, uh, six months looks like. I do think we should probably take like a full month in November to just not do any podcast. Not, nothing. It's, just, just take it's going to get too weird, but except yeah. you know vote. what I mean? Just except yes. vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in our, in our context, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been, uh, everybody's just had to adapt so much. So I, I think the name change is awesome. And I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a huge, you bring up a good point because if all the signs point towards the coronavirus in America, not really being where we wanted it to be. You know, when we shuttered everything back in March, we were kind of hoping that we would stave off um, some of the challenges that might present disastrous, like what happens if this thing's still going and the fall comes and we've got school decisions to um, make. How do our administrators make those decisions and balance the value of education and the value of public safety? Mm. Um, and here we are in the midst of a summer where it's not really waning, it's just getting you know, getting uh, worse. And so this is a way for us just to keep the pulse of uh, our campus, keep the ways that people are connecting with one another. Thank the Lord that um, we are able to, you know, I went to a graduation party uh, just the other day and saw a couple of people from, our, people from our church and from our community, and we could do that safely, and it was, a, it was a really wonderful time. So I'm glad we're not all in quarantine, but it is a different season. And so the podcast helps us to stay connected with you. And so we would love to hear from you listeners. Uh, you can uh, connect with us uh, Bethel Church's HP Facebook group is kind of the home for this podcast right now until that changes. We'd love to hear what topics would you love to have us talk about as it pertains to faith? What people would you like to have us talk to? 
Um, we have the privilege of talking in the next couple of uh, days here to some of our local administrators. Um, in Hobart, Peggy Buffington is going to be on uh, the podcast. In Portage, you're going to hear uh, in the end of this podcast a conversation that we recorded with Jacob Cohen, who's a uh, one of the principals at Portage High School. They just announced their plan for the fall, and it's very different than anything they've ever done before. Um, we're hoping to get our friend from our campus, Larry Pender, who is the superintendent of Portage Christian School, on to talk about uh, how is a Christian school approaching this and all the different things that they have to think about. And so um, we just want to bring some information through our church to you listeners. At the same time, help you think about following Christ in your own life. And that's the goal. Scott, as you said, we hope that um, people can take their next step uh, in following Jesus and grow deeper to mature manhood and womanhood. And so guys, I'm really excited to be back at it. Um, it feels like Woo. we are, uh, you know, we're going to have to dust the rust off of us for a second. You know, we haven't, haven't had a conversation like this in a while, but uh, I'm excited. And apparently to I see... need to watch Hamilton because yes. I won't understand half of the conversation until you... I do. Well, that's a, that's a must. And so you are before, correct. <laughs> listeners, before you listen to anything else, just take a pause for the next three and a half hours um, you know, it's three, three and, and a half, half hours, hours long. How long is this thing? Two no, hours and 45 okay. minutes. Calm what? down. Yeah, but we play, did a 45 dude. minute intervention. So that's three. And oh and a half hours. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, dude. It's excellent. It's fantastic. Hey, this week we've got something really special coming up. We've got an outdoor service at festival park that we are, um, hosting, Festival Park is in Hobart, downtown Hobart, and uh, we we hope to see everybody there. It's going to be a little warm. We'll have uh, water and things like that for you all to um, stay cool with, but uh, I hope that uh, you guys can uh, can come out to Hobart. Daniel, we got a, a fun uh, worship set planned, and we're yes. rocking it. Yeah, this is going to be our first actual true outdoor service. Um, we tried doing the uh, the AM, uh, AM radio, um, and it, I think it went great. We had, a, we had an amazing um, turnout. Yeah, uh, we just think we can take a take the next best step um, and do a full outdoor uh, service. So at Festival Park, um, they're actually allowing us to use the pavilion there. Yeah, it's so generous. Um, which is, it's. I mean, it, it couldn't be in a better place, uh, right. right downtown, um, and ability to uh, social distance at the same time. Uh, there's tons of space. Bathrooms are there. Um, and then Chris Seagard from uh, Moody. Shout out to Chris yeah, Seagard. Is uh, is going to be setting us up uh, for sound, um, which is brave um and but he knows what he's doing man and he is uh he's he's been truly a blessing because he's only he's been coming to the campus for i think what six months maybe 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 a little bit more maybe a little bit more it's not it's been been around a year i think i feel like time has stood still yeah what decade is it even right now (laughs) still the 1990s right yeah uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, to Chris and to Moody Radio for helping provide us and resource us. These are crazy times for everybody, and so for us to have to switch our whole strategy for outdoor services from a radio to, um, you know, in a park has been no small feat. But uh, we're grateful that uh, God's providing, and and that's a, that's an awesome thing. So, uh, you guys want to talk about how fun it was at our first outdoor service? Just for a moment. I mean, there was a dunk tank and, uh, Scott, <laughs> a lot, what I learned was a lot of our students are amazing baseball players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in the tank Dude. quite a few times. I'm not uh, going to lie. It got old pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Although Scott, I have to tell you, I think you were wise in choosing to go first because by the time yes. Dan got in the tank, that water water was looking a little murky. Yeah, it was, it was disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> that water was grosser than Cedar Lake's water. 
So well, all my students online? wanted to go. No, it was muddy and gross, but yeah, it was also cold and it was a hot day. Um, but dude, it was so fun. I know, I know, yeah, it was, it was a, a warm day and people couldn't really hear, and that's disappointing. But it was so great to have everybody back together, and that's what we want to see more of at our church. We want to see more opportunities for people to safely be back together. Um, yeah. So. Looking forward to this Sunday. If you're listening to this, you know, in the future beyond the drop date, uh, sorry, uh, you missed it. Um, but check back <laughs> our Facebook site and see what else we're doing. But this Sunday, if you're in Hobart, Portage, Lake Station, whatever, come out to Festival Park. It's going to be uh, 10:45 a.m. on July 19th, and uh, we hope to see you there, guys. We got a guest today. Jacob Cohen is no uh, stranger to our podcast. Uh, he's a local administrator in Portage, and he's talking about some of the uh, difficult decisions that the school district had to make in its return to education here in the fall. And uh, man, my heart goes out to all of the administrators making difficult decisions, trying to balance things right now. And so uh, I hope that you guys are blessed by this conversation that we recorded with Jacob Cohen. And until next time, this is the Following Faith Podcast. We'll see ya. Well, I'm so glad to have returning back to our podcast, someone from our own campus who's a uh, educator, uh, has been in the Portage community for a long time, kind of left, came back. He, he's been on our podcast before, uh, Jacob Cohen. Jacob, welcome back, brother. Thanks for having me back, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a, it's been a summer, man. And uh, I know last time we talked to you, you were wrapping up e-learning with uh, your school district and uh, sort of trying to take a beat to reset. How did the summer go for uh, for everybody up in Portage? Uh, you know, it went pretty well. Uh, actually, we actually still offered summer school via e-learning and it's gone great. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, we've got an opportunity to uh, learn a lot uh, as both uh, administration educators and how to approach virtual learning uh, and, a more, and have a more positive spin on it. Uh, it's been, yeah. I would say, pretty successful thus far. Great response, Everyone... from, both, great response from both teachers and students. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Uh, you know, I remember uh, being in high school and actually taking advantage of a few summer classes myself. And they're just a beneficial way to either improve upon something that you wanted to learn or uh, stay busy, right? I, I, uh, I agree. You know, a lot of times when I sell kids, it's, you get to take a class that you really don't want to take in a shorter amount of time. And then a lot of freeze, you have to take a class you might want to take. Um, and so, and a lot of those kids who maybe not have college aspirations when they get to their junior year, a lot of those required courses, you're done with them now due to your summer being, you know, being proactive during your summers. You can now take a vocational that will go towards a trade or something along the lines or even a nursing school or something along. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, Absolutely. it's been very beneficial, even more beneficial than I would say that when you and I were, were even kids. For sure. For sure. So the, well, the question that's on everybody's mind, you know, parents have kids, the, the coronavirus is, um, Right now, as we're recording, it's, you know, the middle of July. We thought, right, all of our crystal balls pointed towards this thing being almost gone, us all figuring out social distancing, and by fall, it being a little bit more in control and us having uh, an understanding about how to live life with a virus out there. And I'm not sure what to make of the numbers right now, 
But uh, school districts are having to be in the unfortunate position of making important decisions at a really tough time. And one of the hearts that we have behind this podcast is just to hear how people are going about um, you know, living life and making decisions in the midst of a pandemic. And so you as a school board, uh, you know, an educator at the Portage uh, schools over at Portage High School, you got a front row seat to seeing what is happening. So would you mind laying out your plan, not your plan, but the plan that the school is going forward with for the first semester? Let us know what's up. Honestly, we're being proactive, man. We put, we put our students and teachers first and even their families first by, I think, by making this decision. I think uh, I think the biggest that I wasn't a part of the decision making. Um, I just I applaud our superintendent, our school board for uh, having the courage to make that choice. That's a tough decision to make right there uh, when you. Still have- what is just to be clear? What is the plan for Portage? Right now we are uh, as as you've seen, we're going back. Uh, we're going to start our first nine weeks virtually. It will be virtual. I guess you can quote say e-learning, but it really isn't. We're gonna we're gonna do our best, and I think we're gonna move forward with a positive outlook on it. Uh, we are going to offer our students uh, the best education that we possibly can, the best opportunity to succeed uh, in education that we can uh, going forward. Um, it gives that, us an opportunity a, to really put safety first for these kids. Yeah, that is a really a um, one way to approach the the return, right, is um, weighing. And then we, as a church, we, we were here back in, in May, right? Like we, we had to cross these thresholds. I'm very sympathetic to my friends who are in administration right now, because we had to figure out how do we reopen our church and what are the ways that we do that in a safe manner? And so for us, we couldn't return everybody back to the building. We just don't have space for that. And that's not wise. We had to measure the practicality, your missional outcome. What are we as a church designed to do? We're here to make disciples of Jesus, but we also don't want to do that while putting people's health at risk. And I, I think those are going to be the same tensions that school districts face. Do you think that's valid? Is that something that really pushed the school board? Oh, and the absolutely. I mean, you look at it, what, you know, when across the board, if you look across country numbers are rising here or there, you know, you know, it's, it's, you're playing with the unknown. And if you're going to play with the unknown, I'd rather be, I'd rather the people who, especially my own children who happen to be part of the school district, you know, and the 24 near 2400 kids that I care for here at the high school, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that they took that that unknown in the fact and they're, they're playing it better safe than sorry uh, in that sense. You know, going back to when we, you know, we opened church back up back in May, you know, we're playing with possibly 100 people, the possibility. We're, probably, you know, I mean, we're, we're you're sitting here talking about, you know, working with 2,400 children and on top of that, a staff of 150 plus. So you're nearly at 25, 2,600 people in a building. Man, you're, you're playing with fire, in my opinion. I think I, I once again, I applaud uh, the upper administration here at Portage Township Schools plus the school board for making that decision. It's tough. It's real hard. It's a tough decision. I think um, pastors for sure have sympathy for the schools. And I, I hope that our community understands the difficult position. Um, you know, one one uh, you know one criticism could be leveled against something at the expense of another value. And I think it'd be really unfortunate for our community to fail to realize that there's a comp, this is a complicated thing. There, this is not just an equation where um, you, you, you add up all of the variables. And so education is first to second, to third, to fourth, to fifth grade. You know, you gotta, you gotta recognize we live in a time and a place yeah. and um, to, to, to not recognize that would be just as disastrous. And so you're left in this measuring of, of, um, priorities. And so talk to me about the experience that a student's going to have now. So they're going to, um, 
do virtual learning, which is obviously going to um, lean towards education being done from uh, their home, presumably, like students on um, either tablets or Chromebooks yep. um, being able to log in. Are they going to be uh, doing Zoom classrooms or things like that? Or is it going to be more of a guided experience through a computer? Quite possibly uh, a little bit of both. Um, you know, I mean, uh, that's some of the options we're running now, uh, like we said, we just found out yesterday. So uh, meetings were started today. We'll have another meeting tomorrow about where we go from here with when it comes to curriculum. Um, it's a uh, it's a big animal to uh, to tame at this point in time. Yeah. We just want to we're going to look for feedback uh, and see where everybody's comfortable. Um, and you know, uh, holding Zoom classes, we did that. We had some teachers who were brave and they tried that out uh, when we first went into e-learning. Uh, there were some successes to it, some not. Everybody knows about Zoom. It made national news how Zoom people were able to take control and put things that they wanted on Zoom. Um, right. And when you're when you got kids, I mean, I, I smile and laugh about it and I giggle about it. Uh, but when it's kids, it, it's the unexpected. I, I yeah. can't sit here and tell you that I wouldn't have probably played around with that if I was a kid at that point in time. <laughs> probably would do it as an adult. Um, you know. Um, I, so you know, we're going to look at a couple different things. Um, there's so many so many different tools we could use. We currently use Schoology now, which has its own conferencing tool. Google has a great conferencing tool. Um, so uh, there's a lot There's a lot to look at. And we're going to weigh every option. And we're not going to stop meeting and uh, researching until we feel that we have the, the best options for our students. Yeah, I love that heart of adaptability and, and being willing to change the complete paradigm. Because for how many uh, millennia has education been in person? And online education became really popular at the collegiate level and with, uh, you know, master's degrees and whatnot. Um, but we've, we've really scoffed at the high school and below um, education. And yet here we are. I wonder how, how our students, um, you know, feel about doing school online, if it just feels like a natural progression of their current technology use, or if it seems like something that's completely foreign to them. And maybe we'll, we'll uh, have to get a student on here uh, come uh, October and talk to them. You know, I've, ha I've had that conversation with a few different students, um, and I, you're going to get a mixed bag uh, of, of, of feedback from that. You have some students that really thrive. Uh, from what I saw, a lot of our honors students are students that really are successful at the academic level. Um, they struggled with the online portion because they thrive in that structure to have that guided tour. Um, you know, the kids that I think that struggle the most and on, in all honesty are, are your elementary school, school kids. Um, they're the ones I think that lose out more so than everybody else. I don't, I don't like saying that, but that's, you know, but that's, I, you're learning your basics there that actually those building blocks, those base building blocks that you will build on for the rest of your life, yeah. losing out on that. It's going to be really tough to recover for that. However, right. at the same time, too, I think going forward, one more time, our, our Portage Township schools, specifically because that's what I know, have a great plan in place and have great teachers and administrators in place that will get our, our families through this. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say fluidly because I think I'd be, uh, I think I'd be stretching it there. I don't think education is fluid in general but because there's too many variables that play into it. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the difference between college and here is, is that when you go through elementary school, K through 12, there's so many aspects of, of just being learning as a person, both academically, socially. Um, you learn so much about yourself and you learn how to navigate yourself and society through those that, that K through 12 experience. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I know one of the deciding factors that must have weighed in the school's decision to push things to a virtual classroom or a virtual learning uh, is that a lot of our economy depends upon families who are um, 
you know, sending their kids to school and then going to work. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure, I mean, I don't want to be foolish to say that the administration didn't think about this. I'm sure this was the, one of the primary um, decisions that they had to make and, and measure what's most uh, beneficial for our larger community, either having, you know, what was the number you said just for the high school? Is it 2,500? Well, when uh, you throw in, uh, well, just students running away between, we fluctuate between 2,300 to 2,400 kids. Yeah. So you got over, over that uh, in just one building, which everything we know about the coronavirus right now is that inside a building is bad, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just really bad compared to, do we still take the priority of educating our kids, do it from the safety of their homes and yet put a little bit more of a burden upon parents to be able to, um, you know, manage their schedules and their workflows. Have you received the criticism yet from parents saying this messes up all my plans you know, for August? Well, phones have been ringing off the hook all morning long. Uh, I've been lucky enough not to have to take any of those. But what I did last night is, you know, I, I jumped on, I don't have a Facebook, so I jumped on my wife's Facebook and I was reading the, just the comments from, and I was really surprised. It was overwhelmingly supportive of our decision, uh, which I was yeah. really surprised about. And, you're, and here's my thing. No matter what decisions ever made, it's impossible to appease everybody. I think if you go into making a decision wanting to appease everybody, I think you end up losing out. Um, And and I think in our case, sometimes the right decision is the hardest one to make. And it's also the unpopular decision. Um, And I thought this decision wouldn't be unpopular, but I I found out it's not at all. Um, I think people are starting to realize that uh, safety is far more important than anything else. Education doesn't matter if you're not safe. And if you walk into any school building, the top of the list is it's safe and collaborative. In order to educate children, you have must have a safe and collaborative atmosphere, and we are we do that here. We are big on it, uh, and I think that comes from put, uh, being kid first minded. Yeah, one of the things I love, Jacob, about your perspective and your attitude towards, I mean, just life in general, is how much you love the community that you participate in. I just have always gotten that from you uh, from the first moment we met. You just love being around people and making people's lives better. And so I just want to just shift gears, you know, from an administrator to um, someone who cares about the community. And it's great to hear that many people have jumped on um, to voice support for uh, this decision in the Portage community. I'm so pleased to hear that. As, I, as I'm as i a pastor and I think about what would Christ have us do in the ways that we you know, connect with and communicate uh, to our community, I think one of the things that we need to realize is that we are always to live out life in a measure of grace, right? Which is um, giving kindness above and beyond, generosity, being um, excessively generous. The technical definition is grace, grace is um, kindness that you don't deserve, mm-hmm. right? So extending to each other, even if they've done something wrong, this, this kindness that recognizes humanity and the struggle of life. But also, um, as, we, as we approach the world, we do so with truth, knowing that um, at the end of our days, what we believe about Jesus, about God's word, about the way that he has shaped us, um, is really the measure of our lives. And so at some point, I don't want to sound crass talking to an, an, you know, an educator, but um, the best education is not about arithmetic or about um, something that sets you up for a future, um, a future career. The best education is about knowing who you are because of who you were made to be by the one who made you. And so I guess both of those two elements, grace and truth, mark the mission that Jesus gave us to demonstrate him to the world. And I just can't help but think, I know, Daniel, uh, you're on this call too. I, I, I can't help but think that this is an opportunity for us as 
people who believe Jesus to show what it looks like to be gracious to one another and, and still maintain anchoring to the truth of who we are as people, people made in God's image worthwhile. I don't know if you guys have thought about, you know, just the state of civil discourse in America. I, I think we've all talked about how vitriolic Facebook can be and social media can be just the most um, brutal place. Um, but I, I wonder, how is it that Christians could support our administrators right now? What, what would be some ways that we could help come alongside? I know we're talking to a bunch of other school districts, and it seems like they're in the thick of it right now. Um, and I'm just trying to come alongside of them and let, you know, encourage, hey, you guys got this. It's going to be okay. We're with you. I mean, Jacob, what do you think about that? I think I think you hit the nail on the head. You, you just stated it, and you know, it sounds it sounds crazy, but it sounds so simple. But a lot of times, it's not. It's it's that it's that support. You know, I would never. If everybody always thinks you have to do something physical in order to show your support for somebody or help somebody out. I, I think it's so much more than that. I, you know, you know, Dan, you and I had this conversation recently where I shared how I think we're we are all truly connected in some way. And we were discussing. Yeah. I think we're sitting in my home when I was discussing it, and I I, I truly believe that. Um yeah. and. And I've talked about this journey and how we're all connected is, is that constant prayer for something or someone from a large amount of people always, I wouldn't say forces it, but encourages that change or encourages, you know, or moves, I guess, that, that, that forward. And that's all, I, that's all I ever ask for is just people to be patient, show that grace uh, and constantly have that support. Um, even when things go wrong, it, I think it's still very vital to support somebody, even when things start to go wrong. Um, yeah. and, and too often we live in a cancel culture type world. Sure and do. I think people are, are coming to terms with the fact that you can't cancel education, right? So like if I disagree with how, how a, a district or even a church pr- proceeds with how um, they're going to go about making changes due to COVID and the current health conditions, I I can't just not educate my kids. I have to deal with this. I can't just turn you off or unfollow you on Twitter. I have to engage. And so I think um, I think you're absolutely uh, absolutely right that 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 grace that we show to one another is vitally important. And and also recognizing that ideally this is a short term solution. Right. This is a short term. You know, in the scheme of humanity, these are these are massive disruptions that then. Um, two things happen, right? And I want to ask you about this. Two things happen typically after a disruption. One, there's a um, there's some sort of change that addresses that disruption. So either a vaccine or herd immunity or whatever it is that's going to unfold in the future for us is going to allow us to return back towards uh, traditional paradigms. But there's often a revolution that takes place in the midst of whatever is happening that is going to transform the paradigm and allow a, allow us to create a different future. And so here's a my, my kind of last question for you is, what do you, if you could put your crystal ball on, and I know speculation is dangerous, and I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of the entire district, but do you think this is going to fundamentally change education in America? And if so, what what should we be on the lookout for? I don't, I, I don't necessarily think so uh, at the end of the day. And I, I really think it all depends on how you look at it. When it, Education, like I said, is it's it's fluid. It's uh, Education is a living document at the end of the day. It's, it's constantly mm-hmm. going to change. It changes daily. And that is so. And that's well why said. I love my. That's why I love. I wouldn't even call it a job. That's why I love my life so much and what I'm doing because this is my life, you know. And, and I've embedded myself uh, in education um, along with my with my family by my side. Um, is that 
it, it there's nothing. It's something new every single. Not even every single day. As you walk through the door, it's something that's new in front of you. You go to the next hour, it's something new, and it's always offering you something. You know, and people always cry, whine and cry, you know complain about you know oh the curriculum never stays the same. You, you know what? It really is never the curriculum itself never changes. You're always delivering the same message. It's the approach that changes. Yeah. And, you know, and and I, don't, I think people fail to realize that. Um, so I don't think there's going to be huge. You know, will there be a change? Yeah, there will be, but I think it'll be, it'll be a bigger. It'll seem like a bigger change because everybody's paying attention now. It's like anything else. When you're paying close attention, is when you realize, oh, that's really bigger than I thought it was. But when you're not paying attention, oh, they're just changing something again. But I don't yeah. think it will be. Do I think the approach will be a little different? Yeah. Sure, but there's a different approach every single year, if not every single day. Wow. Yeah, that's such an insightful answer. Thank you for for that. I I think um, you're making me consider my own question in my own world, which is the church. And we um, we are in the midst of a paradigm shift for sure with uh, online worship services. And I, I think I said at the beginning of this podcast episode um, that it used to be that you go to the church building to get fed spiritually and you go online to connect with people socially. Nowadays, the, the paradigm's yep. flipped. You, you go to church now to connect with people socially because you don't get to see a lot of people in churches open. And you go online to dig in spiritually. You find sermons and you find uh, helps for how to study the Bible and you connect with people in small groups online. And that's a paradigm shift that we've experienced. But I think uh, you're right to say, the, for us at the church, the core tenet of what we're doing, helping people follow Jesus, is even more acutely um, uh, discernible now because we have to pay attention and we have to do a little bit more of not losing ourselves in the midst of busyness or activities or, or the general familiarity of how church has been done in the past. And I, I think that same approach is true I'm hearing that same approach is true for education. That I think it's going um, to be true for anybody. I think it's going to be yep. true for anybody, not just church or education, but businesses across. I mean, just even business in itself. I mean, I'm willing to bet that a lot of people are going to start shutting down offices, and this is how they communicate. And they might show up to an office here or there to, like you said, get that that spiritual fill. I had a friend of mine who ministers out in uh, Gary. I was, uh, had a great conversation the other day, and he said, "He goes, I don't. He goes, I go to church to get together with like-minded people to refuel." And I love that he right. said it that way. I was like, he goes, I don't want to be around like-minded people because who am I helping find Christ or guide through Christ if they're already thinking yeah. the same way I'm thinking? He goes, that defeats yeah. the purpose. Education is the same, the same way. Yeah, I'm around like-minded people every day, but at the same time, those kids aren't like-minded. And that's why you show up because all you're doing is you're there guiding those kids to what's their purpose, not your purpose. You're just helping guide them to what their purpose. And, 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 and church is the same way. Following Christ, is, I think, is identical. We, we have different purposes, you know, I think with, with Christ at the end of the day. And you just have that one person, you guys specifically, that are that guide to help you find your purpose. Um, and yeah. I, I think we're all, I think we're all there. And this is, yeah. this is what's going to become more normal in how we communicate with one another. We're just going to get together because human, I think as human beings, we crave connection, that feel of being in the presence of another. We crave that. I think that's why there's a spike. But we crave that with one another. So uh, that's where we're going to be. We'll communicate like this, but we're going to have to have to get together with one another to refuel our souls, essentially. How much of school education do you think is, um, in the church, we talk about three realms. We talk about uh, the head, the heart, and hands, right? So like what you do are your hands. It's kind of like connected to your will. Your heart is connected to your emotions and how you... um, how you feel. And then your head is obviously what you know. Education seems to be 
obviously grounded in the head, but how, and, and that lends itself well towards online exchanges, right? And it, it, yep. Online is really just an exchange of information. Yep. So education can naturally happen here. But how much of education is, is heart and hands, in your opinion? A lot more than you think. Um, education doesn't matter unless your heart's in it. Hmm. Uh, it's that idea of being hungry, being humble, and being smart. Um, and people smart, I guess, more so than anything else. And I think people misunderstand the word smart. Everybody thinks yeah. if you're just you're smart, it's because you read a book. I, I, I disagree. Um, but I think there's three aspects. It's essentially those three tiers. How humble are you? How you can you show that humility and that when you walk into a building of education, you don't know. Are you humble enough to say, I don't know this. I'm, I'm willing to learn more. And that's where that heart comes in, because you have to be truly in touch with their heart to be to be a person who is humble and willing to show that humility. And smart is being around those people that, you know, just being able to read those people and am I in the right group right now? Or do I need to be here at this point in time, you know, and engaging those things. Um, but education took a turn a while ago to where we started focusing on that social emotional learning. So it's more so than just education and just the book smarts. It's now getting more so we're putting those aspects and then getting to know yourself and how to navigate those feelings that you have and how to properly, uh, you know, purvey those things to others. Yeah, I think interesting. Uh, I, get, I get to have the pleasure of mentoring a couple of juniors and seniors in high school. And when I asked them what the, I don't know, kind of the one thing that they were missing more than anything in school, it wasn't chasing girls. It wasn't even sports. Yeah. Uh, they talked about having these parental figures, having these teachers there um, that like, that and, and desire their learning and desire their, you know, this, this connectivity that we've been, that we've been missing. Uh, and that struck a chord with me because I, I didn't expect that. I was like, oh, of course it's going to be sports or it's going to be something, Friday you night know, they're, games. they're teenage yeah. kids, but they're like, no, like it, 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 it's, I don't want to say empty, but it, it's, it's hard to just, you know, get all your schooling done in a couple hours and then you got the rest of the day and they miss this connectivity with their teachers and their, their, uh, their faculty. Um, that was that was interesting when I when I talked to a couple of students about it. You know, I'm I'm really glad to share that because I think society fails to realize, and teachers a lot of for years have been getting somewhat of a bad rap. And if you look at the scale of importance in a society, teachers don't get anywhere near the top. And I'm not yeah. trying to be biased. I just think when you look at the structure of society throughout history, education has always been should be at the forefront. Uh, where your greatest minds come from, where your I mean those just. Education should be at the root, should be the root that grows the tree and continues to feed it. Um, but I think people fail to realize how many of our kids is that that's the only parental structure they have is when they yeah. show up to school Monday through Friday. It's the only adult that they can trust and they have worked very hard to trust that person. And yeah. I think that's the biggest aspect that these kids, it's, it is the biggest aspect that these kids are going to miss out on. And I've shared this with Dan before when we first went into e-learning, that was my biggest fear is those kids who, who live in fear on a daily basis, Sunday to Sunday, at, in their own homes. And the only break they get is that Monday through Friday when they walk in the doors at 7, but have to leave at 2.45. And that's always, that, that will remain my biggest fear. Um, and there's a lot more of those kids than people think. Yeah. Um, and they even have parents at home, but it's just not someone they trust. Yeah, and that is a need that Christians uh, across our region need to be aware of and recognize that this is a moment for us to fill that void, to stand in the gap, to, to recognize that we can um, serve 
one another yep. somehow. It's going to take a lot of creative thinking to figure that out, but it's not beyond us to be able to do that. Jacob, I'm so grateful, man, for your time. I know you've got uh, phones ringing off the hook that you're dodging and ignoring and making other people <laughs> answer. And so, man, we uh, we love our school district. We love you guys. The 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 way that um, the Portage High School is going about building a community that loves and cherishes and improves our community. Uh, it's really awesome. And uh, we're with you guys. We're rooting for you. And we're going to check in, I'm sure, uh, come December to see what changes uh, happen in, in, both in the scope of the world as well as in our own little uh, corner of Northwest Indiana. Uh, but we're for you, man, and we, we're grateful for you guys. We definitely appreciate the support, man, and we look forward to uh, building a better, stronger, and uh, a community that shows much more grace than others. We, we look forward to it, man. I really appreciate right. you guys' time. We'll see you, dude. All right, brother. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks to Jacob for that great conversation about Portage High School's reopening plan for the fall. I just so appreciate his insights and his passion for our community. And I know many families, uh, these conversations are becoming way more significant over the coming weeks. And we as a church want you to know that we're thinking about ways that we can help support you throughout the fall season. And already online, there have been many tutors and teachers from our campus offering aid to parents to make this season a little bit more palatable. So make sure you connect with us on our Facebook group. And while you're at it, we have a brand new podcast page to celebrate the relaunch of this podcast. You can find us at Following Faith Pod on Facebook. We can't thank you all enough. 10,000 downloads is a huge milestone for us as well as for you, the listener. And you know, our hope is to help you stay engaged with the faith community during this season, to hear stories of others who are following Jesus in our community, and ultimately to help you follow Jesus further. And if you found these conversations helpful, you can help us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes and wherever you listen. And while you're at it, make sure you don't miss out on future episodes by clicking that subscribe button in your player. Until next time, we'll see you later.